0: Today's episode is episode one hundred and seventy-six of Unconventional Humans podcast. Today's episode is about neuroplasticity. So I'll start by just giving a an explanation of neuroplasticity, a very brief explanation. What stood out in my mind is that neuroplasticity is the ability for the brain to develop new neural pathways in the brain, so that you can develop new skill sets and In my experience, you can also work with this facet of the brain to help change your personality. So I'll just talk about my experience with neuroplasticity because this was an eye-opener for me. What I would do is encourage you to look into neuroplasticity if you haven't read about it before. You don't need an in-depth knowledge of it. I just found it useful to understand that the brain can change, the brain can adapt. And also that the brain can have a huge effect on how you see the world and your current capabilities. Like some of this is common sense that if you don't practice something, you're not going to get good at something. Some of it is, might not be very evident because I feel like there's there's the self-limiting beliefs that you can believe about yourself that will limit you from developing new neural pathways in your brain so for example you could be somebody who wants to write a book who wants to become an author i guess this was me before but you can't imagine that happening for you you can imagine it for people who are already established authors how they could go about publishing another book how they'd have the i think it's a lack of confidence a lack of self-esteem to even say that that's what, what you want and then it's putting in the hard work to actually make that come about. I think the I think the biggest struggle for me for writing a book would have been the ability to to say, to commit to I'm gonna write this book, I'm gonna publish it. That was a very tricky part, and then obviously there's it's the actual hard work of actually writing a book afterwards actually have things to put into a book. The way I negotiated that was I didn't tell anybody I was writing a book until they had to know, even close family, because I understood myself. I understood that if I, I understood where I was at that time, I, I was very much susceptible to external validation. Not that I don't think if I said it and I got, well, actually I did say it, I did get a bad reaction or not a bad reaction, but just kind of a dismissive reaction to it. Yeah, it wouldn't have stopped me from, from pursuing the path of writing a book. But I knew that if I was looking for validation for my external environment for me to write a book, then it would never happen. So the, I had to start from a place where was internal validation i guess that goes hand in hand with writing a book anyway because if you're somebody who's inclined to want to write a book you would have to focus a lot of your energy on the inner world and thinking through things yourself and and seeing the little subtleties and nuances to your own life so you'll be in that realm anyway but i suppose you could live so much of your life facing outwards looking outwards that It's a novelty to realize that the validation can come from within. Why I found neuroplasticity a useful thing to know about in my life, because again, it comes back to knowing myself. There's a part of me that's quite pragmatic and needs to have a certain amount of evidence to believe something. So I found with neuroplasticity, even though I didn't need an in-depth knowledge of it, I'm I'm not a a scientist or a doctor or a brain surgeon, I just needed to know enough to realize that the brain can change and it can adapt because that wasn't always how people viewed the brain even in the scientific field there was at one point it was believed that the brain wasn't changeable like this neuroplasticity wasn't the concept that was well known in science so i found it useful to have some bit of evidence that showed me that on a biological level that my brain can change and with that could come about new skills new knowledge even new personality. So then when I start reading more in the self-help realm, I start sifting through that little minefield, minefield that contains a lot of golden nuggets, but a lot of bombs inside there as well. So when I was reading through that, which is a bit more intangible in certain regards, like if you start reading a bit about quantum physics and you start reading about energy and healing and different things, which I feel are real, but there's a lot to sift through. Because I've got quite a logical brain and I don't want to live in fairyland. I don't want to live my entire life in fairyland. I want to find that balance really between putting weight on the inner world, living in reality and bringing about real change through that, through that process, through that integration process. So for me, it's, it's a lot of what I do is about integration and there's so many aspects of the human being to be integrated that I found it useful to keep an open mind but then there are certain things that I'd, I'd like to have some bit of evidence so neuroplasticity is something that helps me with that if you're watching this on youtube you'll see a picture in the background which comes from I think chapter 10 I think it's chapter 10 of my new book it's a paragraph on the distraction economy it just talks a little bit around the fact that the world is set up today our world the western world is set up in a way where it's optimized for distraction because our energy, our attention, and our time are valuable commodities in a capitalist world. So that's something, that sort of an environment can create create a feeling of being a victim to your environment. And it's true because your environment is set up in a way where it's trying to distract you because it wants your attention at all costs, because that equals money and profit. And I found I'm finding with looking into things like neuroplasticity, looking in, well, becoming a programmer, understanding a little bit better about algorithms, understanding about how to optimize my mind better. That's helped me to live in a world which is optimized for my distraction. That's not to say that i'm not susceptible to this stuff i do struggle quite a bit with social media as a creator i don't know whether i go on social media so much i wasn't posting stuff to do with the podcast and with my books i did make a conscious decision years ago that i wanted to create more than i consumed on social media and i feel like that has made a big difference what i've learned to do over the years too is to just unfollow people and different things that weren't adding any value to my life that I felt like I was actually getting triggered by, and I was probably putting bad energy towards. So I said it's better off in the long run for both of us. If I just start on following certain things. So, so with neuroplasticity and with this adaptability of the brain, I guess when I connect that to changing your personality, I'm talking more in a sense of getting more in connection with your true personality. Cause I feel like when you're unconscious to disability of the brain to create neural pat- pathways, when you're unconscious of that, I think you identify a lot with your brain. So with neuroplasticity, I think, The big thing for me was that it made my brain more objective. So it helped me to realize that what I can and can't do right now is a reflection of the neural pathways that I built in my brain. And what I can and can't do in the future is a reflection of the neural pathways that I either did or didn't spend the time developing. So it made the process, it made the whole thing a bit more objective it helped me to get a bit more space for my brain to stop identifying so much with my brain, the thoughts in my head. That might seem, sound like an odd thing to say, maybe, but for me, what I'd gone through, I had to have a level of space between the thoughts in my head and my sense of who I am. I think as people, that's what we all have to go through. We all go through it in our own way, it's just, I went through it in my own way. And that's this concept helped me to make the brain more objective to realize everybody's got this brain. You either use it, consciously use it, or you don't use it. I feel when you're not using it, your brain starts to unconsciously work against you because it ties into this world we're living in, which is optimized for your attention at all costs. The world, the capitalist world, isn't there to educate you. A lot of the time, it's there to earn money. It's the bottom line, it's business. That's the hard lesson you learn when you move out of the academic world into the business world. There's a hard lesson to learn that it's the bottom line that always counts. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing when we sacrifice what we believe in, who we are in the service of profit. But it's a good thing in that it's only really what works is what will survive. So if you're doing something that isn't working and you're trying to turn it into a business, the business world is the best way to to test whether an idea will add value to people to the extent that they're willing to pay for it. I think that's, I think the purest part of business Obviously, the waters can get muddled here too. I think the purest positive thing to business is that it kills off the ideas that don't add value and it, and the ideas that do add value, the things that do add value to people survive because people are willing, willing to give money to that because they see the value in that. It's all about value. Of course, the waters get muddled in that, but ultimately, I think that's the, the main positive to living in a capitalist world. The negative, though, is that you've got an environment that can manipulate you. And saying all this, from looking at history, from looking at the world, I feel like capitalism possibly is the best of the alternatives. When you look at how communism plays out, I think it's a nice idea, but it doesn't take into account humans, people. They were very complex. There's a lot of dark sides to human nature and and also i guess you're trying to you're trying to impose a system on, on people that's probably trying to impose a system either way but uh it's just good to be aware of that But just going back to my original point about the brain becoming more objective what i found is that it helped me to not identify so much with my skill sets because up until the point that i started learning what neuroplasticity of the brain i used to feel like if i'm good at something that's just my personality i'm that's a part an intrinsic part of who i am i think there is a certain amount of things that come natural to you i think there is a mixture between skill and natural ability but i don't think you can you can reach a very high level without an element of skill, which will be tied to these neural pathways that you're developing in your brain. And in also these neural pathways, a way that I've taught about how to optimize these is to learn from people who know what they're talking about. I found that tricky, but that's the ultimate goal. That's the deliberate practice element that if you're just practicing the same thing over and over again, but you're not actually changing, refining, making little adjustments, then that's very limited. But if you are deliberately, deliberately practicing, which is a hard thing I found in theory, that sounds great, deliberate practice, but it's a hard thing to actually implement because you don't always know who knows what they're talking about. You can look at their experience and stuff, but sometimes also they mightn't be able to communicate their knowledge that well to you, or you might misinterpret what they're saying to you. So it's, quite a tricky process, maybe an episode on deliberate practice. Even consciously trying to decide what am I gonna change here that will make a difference? I found that difficult with the podcast and with my books. What I found is that I think it's creating a space. I'll just talk from the point liberal practice from the point of view of a creative person who's creating something. I found put your time, energy and into the space and think about, think about the intentions, the ultimate goals that you want from this space and allow the space to evolve over time. That's what I found was, is a, I don't know I only have my own experience, but that's what I found has made the process a bit more enjoyable in in the moment day to day because when I thought about deliberate practice before that, I felt more like a certain pressure on me and it also wasn't very tangible. like I didn't really know what will make a difference here and I didn't know who to ask and I don't think you can ask one person either because. I think that's where you start falling into the realm of this hole in personal development where people who've achieved a certain amount of success try and sell you a blueprint of that success. And they don't take into account, or they can't take into account because they're trying to sell it to a lot of people, can not take into account look, context, work ethic. There's all these variables that actually go into the success that aren't taken into account I've often struggled with that, especially with when I've been looking into social media strategies. I don't even spend a lot of time on them because I just maybe I sense at some level that this is a waste of time. Because I, I only think it's it's on the it's on the really tangible skills like programming or learning a foreign language, where anybody can reach a certain like level, even then, it's still it's still quite intangible. But there's certain core things like in programming. There's concepts you learn to get better. So, for example, if you're a beginner, you're starting off. You're doing for loops. You learn after a while that in Python, if you're learning Python, there's list comprehensions which do the job better, and it, it, it's just one line of code instead of three or four lines of code. So you can see objectively. Your skill level is improving as you learn new concepts. And there's a certain certain standard that you know you're meeting after a while because I guess it's a reflection of the jobs you can do. So you can actually measure that. But I found with social media, I'm talking about social media because I noticed a lot of that in personal development because you'll meet people who want to become coaches and then the the, the conversation goes to how do you find your client and that's when you start thinking about social media and different things like that. I found that a minefield to think about because you're also, also, you're also dealing with people who can be unethical. I've met people who didn't give a damn about GDPR. They're like, we can get away with it for next year, so we're going to do this. We're going to do this strategy on LinkedIn, even though it might piss off some people. So you, you, can't, you, you can't quantify that so easily. Somebody's ethics, their morals, their character traits... And what sits well with you? A lot of it's understanding what sits well with me here. And I think you feel that out on a, on a more feeling level. So I guess how this ties to neuroplasticity is that once the brain became a bit more objective to me, that these are skill sets I can develop, I started paying more attention. To, okay, what? who am I then? What, what, how else would I know who I am and attune with myself? So I started paying more attention to feelings, emotions, connection. They're the types of things I started paying more and more attention to as the brain became more objective to me, that these, this is a thing, this is a tool I'm using rather than something that is actually me. That's, a, that's, a, that's quite a deep realization that I think you can spend your whole life uh, unraveling because the brain is complex. But I found that this concept anyway, has helped me to give me evidence that change is possible. And it's also given me Space, space to create something that I don't know exactly how things are going to turn out, but I am open to enjoying the process, open to doing things in my own way. And I guess to also realize that there's a lot of thoughts and a lot of conditioning that was in my brain that is in other people's brains. So there's a lot of generic shit in my brain that's in other people's brains. And so the process becomes more about becoming an individual by getting out of your head, feeling into your heart and your mind and being in your body more, using your brain as a tool. That's an exploration and a fun process in itself to realize that you could have really shitty beliefs about yourself that you picked up in your environment, and you might never have been aware that other people are living with similar beliefs until you start verbalizing it and creating something individual to you. And then... I think at some level that helps other people to start discovering things for themselves and self-actualize I think it's a self-actualization process. So I think the fun thing with neuroplasticity is that you just don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know the type of person you're going to become. You don't know the knowledge you're going to have, the skills that you're going to develop. Like one thing I've noticed in me right now is that I'm taking an interest in poetry. That's what Matt Burke was on the podcast. I enjoyed reading his poems. Uh, I think that was the start of the year another youtuber on well she's not really a youtuber i came across her i'll put a link in the show notes savannah brown i like how she thinks about the world she seems very in tune in touch with herself and i like the way she talks it's like it's giving an experience of somebody who is putting voice to the just a thought inside her head and i found it very relatable so i i recently purchased her book on poetry and her new novel Again, that's another thing I'm getting into more is the fiction realm. I'm enjoying reading stories like that now. And the poetry, so I started reading in Graffiti is the name of the book. Read just a poem before I came on here. And that's something that my former self would have never been open to, uh, doing that for pleasure, because I wouldn't have had the, I wouldn't really have had the life experience or knowledge to see why it would be beneficial to read the poetry there. And I think it also ties into the reason I bought that book is I, I watched some of her YouTube videos over the years and I felt a certain level of authenticity there and a certain level of an understanding of the world that I don't have access to, that I'd like to know a bit more about. That's what I'd be attuning to then. And because like, I've worked through this stuff of, I think before I would have seen myself, if somebody wouldn't read poetry. Again, that's like a, a limiting belief around yourself like the thing is limiting beliefs again are tricky because it's only a limiting belief if it's something you want to genuinely experience and explore but you're stopping yourself from doing it because you have some belief about yourself that i can't put myself in that realm and that can be like if you want to genuinely become a good dancer there's nothing stopping you from doing that you don't need to be a world-class dancer you can you can no matter how bad you are you can get better at it if it's a genuine desire so i feel like limiting beliefs are only limiting beliefs when it's something you've got a genuine desire to explore. And I have a genuine a genuine desire to explore more fiction, a bit more poetry now as well, if it comes up, that I'm not going to limit myself from now because I don't have that belief about myself that I'm not somebody who doesn't, not somebody who read doesn't read, I'm not somebody who reads poetry, double negative there, not somebody who reads poetry or fiction. But that's what this world opens up to you then, when you start looking at this, these types of, these concepts, these things that are, are more in line with reality than walking around as a fixed personality, fixed abilities, fixed potentials, and a fixed pathway. This whole thing opens up the unknown a bit more and... I honestly think it just makes your life more enjoyable, it gives you more of a reason to live in the moment and to be open to the idea that your life can change dramatically in a period of five years. I think the other thing I think I read about was I think it's every five years, or maybe even less than that, your whole body regenerates itself. So you don't even have the same body you had five years ago. When you start looking into this stuff. I found it really helpful because these these are tangible biological things that are happening. You might like, I don't have a full comprehension of this. I just need a, a slight awareness of this. I just need a, a little bit of an awareness around this because then it opens my mind to a better understanding of reality because otherwise you can, you can go through your whole life thinking you're the same person you are in your twenties. You could be in your eighties, still thinking that you're, that there's, I suppose, thinking that there's, I suppose, and maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Personally, I'm kind of happy now that I've been exploring this stuff over the years. I don't feel as fixated on this is who I am and that type of thing. But I think you can lead your whole life like that, where you feel like there's a solid sense of identity there that could limit you in a lot of ways. And you never realized, you never really took time to question whether that was actually a tangible thing that was limiting you or not. So this is just what this thing opens up for you if you feel like you are limiting yourself and you can't really describe how you're doing it, or why you're doing it, then I found over the years reading into this and then reading into other stuff in more of a personal development realm has helped me to change things in myself that now feel actually a bit more aligned with who I actually am than the person who years back I thought I should be. So it's an unraveling process and an undoing process. It's not about becoming somebody so you'll hear that a lot in personal development about being the best version of yourself and yeah, becoming the best version of yourself. The more I've moved along, the more I've realized it's, it's really undoing all the conditioning. Being patient with that, it takes a long-term view on things. But from my process, what I pay attention to, to is how light I feel, how unburdened my mind feels and the other thing would be how much more comfortable I've become in feeling different emotions. I know when I bottled up, like I'm still battling up emotions, but I'm working through it. When I was at my height of battling up emotions, like anger used to feel really, really bad to me. Or anxiety would feel really bad to me now when I feel those feelings they don't feel as bad they don't feel great to be honest but they don't feel as bad because there's not this level of trying to bottle them within me and contain them now I've grown to actually feel that feeling more not give in to my I've just noticed over time that I don't unconsciously try and bottle it up because that that is what i was doing i was holding my body in a certain way to bottle up that emotion and then i would my coping mechanism was often just bottle it up and not even express it i think other people can just lash out that's their coping mechanism that's how they deal with feelings of anger and anxiety and stuff so anyway for me that being the best focusing on being the best version of yourself that was a red herring for me in that I now believe it's more about waking up, unraveling the social conditioning and become yourself, being your authentic self. And your authentic self can look a lot of different ways. There's no like, I don't see like a best version of that. There's just you living your life and feeling what's going on for you, experiencing what's coming up that I think is more aligned to, to where I want to move. That's that's my direction here. So anyway, that was neuroplasticity. I hope that's added some value. Look into it. I'm not a scientist, so look into neuroplasticity and see where it goes. Yeah, as always, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can head on over to unconventionalhumans.com. You can become a member of the podcast, a patron of the podcast, or I'd be greatly I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave maybe a rating and a review of the podcast. It helps the podcast to grow. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel if you want to see more of these videos. Thanks again for listening, and I will speak to you on the next episode.